Welcome to the Monsters of History. I'm your host, Christian Gonzalez, and today's episode is on Baba Yaga, which is a female supernatural being from Russia and the Eastern Slavic world in general that has a certain ambiguity to it. There's different origins and different functions for this monster in history, and we're going to be taking a look at some of the different purposes and some of the different variations that uh, exist throughout the Eastern European Slavic world. And I feel that it nicely reflects some of the cultural diversity that exists throughout the Slavic linguistic world. And I'm going to try my best to relate it to some of the sort of Christian elements that exist in the Eastern European world today. Uh, I may not be successful, but I'll at least try. So stay tuned after these messages. As usual, I am very excited for this episode. Uh, Baba Yaga is interesting in sort of two ways. One is I am a total outsider to this culture, yet at the same time, the Slavic culture, Eastern European culture in general, has become way more interesting and more and more uh, of a focus on my just casual research, just as general, just as a person, just as a historian. I've had the privilege of being able to visit several Slavic countries. I have been to Montenegro, I have been to Croatia, and I have been to Russia. And I'd like to add to that list as my uh, life goes on. Unfortunately, we are in the pandemic. The pandemic is what gave birth to this podcast. Uh, and I'm very grateful that even after it's, you know, gone through several uh, transitions, this uh, pandemic that it's still going on. But, uh, yeah, I, I want to go to more Slavic countries. I find uh, all the Slavic countries very interesting. I've had or ha and have friends who are from Poland. I know a lot of Slovak and Ukrainian people. I know a lot of Croatian people. I've been to various places. And I think with any country that belongs to a language group or countries that belong to a language group, you can sort of see that they are extremely similar, yet have resounding differences with one another. And if you take a look at the Slavic languages as a whole, you can even break them down into different regions. There's Eastern Slavic, which Russian, Ukrainian, and Belarusian belong to. Then there's Western Slavic, which Polish, Czech, and Slovak belong to, and then there's South Slavic, which is where the Serbian, the Croatian, and the Montenegrin varieties all belong. And I would consider myself interested in becoming a polyglot. I uh, only speak one language totally fluently. I would consider myself proficient 
in Spanish. I understand a great deal of it. I can read a great deal of it. I just kind of lack that confidence in my ancestral language. But I find language incredibly fascinating. And one of the language groups I find interesting interesting to learn is the Slavic ones and of course not all the Slavic languages uh, have the same alphabet but the one that stands out is the Cyrillic alphabet and the history of that is a is a whirlwind and it's incredibly interesting and uh, I've sort of taken up learning at least how to transliterate that Cyrillic being able to take the alphabet, the letters, the characters of the Cyrillic alphabet, and translate those into uh, the Latin alphabet, I guess. But that's enough about my own personal interest in rambling on Slavic language and culture. Let's get into Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga, like I said in the intro, is very ambiguous. Is it a mythical creature is it a real woman is it a monster is it a witch does she do good does she do bad does she interact with people is she a cannibal does she kill people does she do none of the above does she give advice does she warn people she sort of all does the same thing okay this is something that has evolved as the languages of the slavic world have evolved but essentially there's sort of one very common trait with Baba Yaga and that's the fact that she uh, is a haggard old woman uh, someone that looks deformed or distorted someone that you wouldn't really take pleasure in looking at not necessarily a sight for sore eyes maybe it would make your eyes sore by looking at it you know but uh you know the actions that baba yaga take uh vary you know like i said um sometimes she's a guide for those who are lost or who wander or who are uh, you know, in a place they should not be. Maybe they're in a. Maybe she is the reason why they are in a place they should not be. Maybe they. She takes children and kidnaps them and uh, cooks them and eats them. Maybe she makes them their servant. Maybe she's kind of like a Mr. Miyagi from The Karate Kid. You know, making them do chores in order for them to learn a lesson and to better themselves. Um, Maybe she's a representative of Mother Nature. Uh, Maybe she controls the weather. She's a very, very uh, diverse creature or monster or entity or spirit. It's very, very interesting. It would be impossible to know about Baba Yaga if it were not for the writings of Vladimir Prop, who was a Soviet-era 
folklorist, someone who wrote and kind of took all this folklore together and presented it to the world. I mean, there's also some earlier stuff that um, was prevent, uh, presented in sort of a, I guess you could say a Grimm's fairy tale equivalent, but it almost seems that as Slavic languages were developing from this Proto-Slavic language into the various dialects and languages, so was the monster Baba Yaga. And um, the etymology is certainly interesting, because after all, there is the word, and I'm sure many of my viewers, whether they are Russian or Slavic or not, have heard of this, the babushka. Sometimes in American English, that could be a headscarf that an old woman wears, but in Slavic circles, babushka means grandmother, and sometimes baba means uh, an old woman, a sort of a... I don't know how to explain it. A baba would mean, you know, kind of the village woman, the village old lady, maybe one that murmurs to herself, maybe one that's constantly sweeping or yelling at the neighborhood kids, someone who, and this is not a criticism of religious people, but someone who is in church every single day and is just kind of muttering prayers. I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, I've had a Baba yell at me in a Serbian Orthodox church in Montenegro for taking a picture. She was sweeping and kind of talking to herself, maybe praying. And uh, I was trying to take a picture of an icon and she kind of muttered something with a glare in my direction. I guess that would be considered sort of a Baba. But anyway, um, uh, the Baba Yaga has several different attributes uh, one of the kind of the more interesting things that I've noticed is she either lives in a hut that has legs that are either chicken legs or legs of smoke. And this goes to the uh, language development and maybe... A little bit of a game of telephone uh, because if I refer to chicken in Russian it would be uh, kuritsa that would be uh, in a transliterated version k-u-r-i-t-s-a and it would be uh, which would be in Cyrillic, a K-looking letter, a Y-looking letter, a P-looking letter, a backwards N-looking letter, a U with a little tick-looking letter, and an A-looking letter. And then smoking would be something different, uh, but spelled very similar, and that would be 
Kori Korinye Korinye which is in a transliterated Russian K U R E N I Y E so we can see the similarities there and perhaps that's a game of telephone after all I, I would imagine young people children telling this story and you know she lives in the woods in a hut which foundation is legs either of a chicken or legs made of smoke and the concept would be that the smoke <clears throat> is sort of a gateway to hell so a negative connotation toward uh, Baba Yaga right so uh, and here's another here's here's an example of uh, a folkloric encounter of the Baba Yaga and this is a reference to a short story known as the Maiden Sar and uh, it's from the 19th century were gathered in the 19th century by Alexander Nikolaevich uh, Afanasyev and it goes like this he I being Ivan journeyed onwards straight ahead and finally came to a little hut it stood in the open field turning on chicken legs he entered and found Baba Yaga the bony legged fie fie she said the Russian smell was never heard or of nor caught sight of here but it has come by itself are you here of your own free will or by compulsion by my good youth largely of my own free will and twice as much by compulsion do you know Baba Yaga where lies the thrice tenth kingdom no I don't she said but told him to go to her second sister she might know so Baba Yaga oftentimes uh, is in a trio kind of reminds me of the witches in uh, Macbeth or, or uh, the fates in uh, Greek mythology but as we can see that account has chicken legs right um, now in my research I tried to connect this to Eastern Orthodoxy somehow. It seems just in general, though, that oftentimes, especially in the Slavic iteration of Orthodoxy, syncretism certainly does exist, but does not exist as strongly as, say, in Western Christianity or even in uh, Greek iterations of orthodoxy I tried to see if there was any association with the day of the week with the Baba Yaga <clears throat> and uh, what the days of the week mean in orthodoxy but uh, I couldn't find anything like that and I find that very interesting I found that it would be very hard to avoid in a way and just to explain what I'm actually talking about uh, in orthodoxy weekdays are represented by some sort of holy entity or some saint 
Okay, so for example, Monday is dedicated to angels. Tuesday is dedicated to St. John the Baptist or St. John the Forerunner. Wednesday and Friday is dedicated to the cross. Thursday is dedicated to the apostles as well as St. Nicholas. And Saturday is dedicated to the dead and sometimes to martyrs and saints. Now, sometimes syncretism in orthodoxy, especially in uh, Slavic orthodoxy, does take place. And it seems uh, what I've experienced from um, looking into the faith for myself uh, and just Eastern Christianity in general and in being interested in monsters and folklore and so on and so forth, oftentimes in, uh, especially in Southern Slavic culture, it seems, especially in say places like Serbia, Saturday nights are sort of the night for vampires to roam. Uh, and it has to do with the fact that Saturday is the day dedicated to those who have passed before us, um, which doesn't really make much sense. Uh, I get it, the vampires are the undead, but the thing with orthodoxy is that the new day begins with evening prayer or vespers, and so shouldn't Friday night be the night for the dead? But, you know, by the way, uh, vampire folklore in Serbia is very, very, very widely popular and even believed in certain circles that'll definitely be a future episode but from what I can tell there is no association to the Baba Yaga and orthodoxy and it's very easy to conclude correctly by the way that the Baba Yaga pre-existed the mass Christianization of the Kievan Rus. To go back to what I was talking about uh, with the difference in language and the difference in what the Baba Yaga actually does, notice uh, what I've been doing here. I've been consistently referring to Baba Yaga as Baba Yaga, but uh, the creature has several Uh, names, and I might be mispronouncing these. I will try my best. Someone, if you speak these languages, please correct me. In Polish, it's referred to as Baba uh, Yedza. Belarusian, it would be Baba Yaha. And by the way, I've noticed that in Cyrillic, the what I would call the upside-down L letter, which would be either pronounced G or H, depends on what part of uh, the world you're from. So in Ukraine, the upside-down L-looking letter, my my apologies, I don't know the official name for this letter, um, is pronounced with an H sound, a H. Uh, while the that same letter would be pronounced G, a G, in uh, Russian. In the Czechoslovak languages, so Czech and Slovak, it would be Yezibaba. 
and in the Serbo-Croatian languages being Croatian, Montenegrin, and Serbian, it would be Babo Roga, and that would be spelt uh, B with a notch-looking letter, A, another B, A, A, P-looking letter, A, O, an upside-down L, and an A. And again, I apologize for misappropriating the Cyrillic alphabet. I'm just trying to make this as clear as possible for the uh, uninformed listener. So, what I've noticed when I have very casually uh, studied Slavic languages is that the mutual intelligibility is extremely high especially in comparison to other languages of, you know, the same family. For example, the Romance languages, uh, you know, they're all related, Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, French, Romanian, etc. But it can be very difficult for languages to be understood amongst each other. Germanic languages, same thing. And... I guess English is a Germanic language, but I'd be damned if I uh, can understand Dutch or German. Now, for whatever reason, Dutch people can understand the English language somewhat well, and they learn it very quickly, but we have very much trouble learning Dutch. But for whatever reason, it seems that the Slavic languages... And I'm not saying that they necessarily get along. I mean, I'm not going to comment on the current politics in 2022. But if you have a phone and you get notifications on it, you'd be able to figure it out for yourself. Anyway, uh, it depending, no, regardless of how they get along, it seems that these Slavic languages stay pretty much uh, connected, related, and so does, at least in the case of the Baba Yaga, their folklore. There seems to be a general consensus that the Baba Yaga is a trollish, gruesome, not desirable-looking old woman who lives in the forest, in the woods, in a hut, and she interacts with people who are wondering and may or may not be lost. Maybe they're seeking the truth, and they find it. Maybe they're seeking the truth, and they don't find it. Maybe they're eaten. Maybe they're killed. Maybe they're put to work. Whatever it is, Baba Yaga seems very widely beloved, and probably will be for the rest of time. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can consider supporting it by going to anchor.fm slash support slash the monsters of history and for as little as 99 cents a month yes less than a dollar you can support the show and you will be able to uh, help me improve the research and general quality of the show look what happened this time i was trying to find some sort of connection to orthodoxy christianity and maybe there was And I just could not find it because of my budget. But who knows? It's totally optional. And uh, I'd really appreciate it if you went out and helped out. There's also previous episodes with 
Amazon affiliate links. If you go back to the previous episodes, like for example, uh, Jaws, and you click on one of the links to say buy the movie Jaws or buy the book, it helps out you because you get something to enjoy beyond the podcast, and I get a little bit of money coming my way. Uh, Thank you very much, and uh, again, if you enjoyed it, please share this. Please um, spread the word about the podcast. The listenership, I'm glad to say, is pretty wide, and um, take care and enjoy the rest of your time. Bye-bye.